Hey, mate. Welcome to another edition of the Little Dum Dum Club. My name is Tommy Dasselow. With me, as always, Carl Chandler. G'day, dickhead. Hey, mate. How you doing today? Um, I'm, I'm all right. You all right? Yeah. Just all right? Uh, I'm more than all right. I'm more busy. Right. I'm busy, but I'm in a positive frame of mind. Stop bragging. Right. You should be better than all right, because we've got an exceptional guest here today. You may know him from Before the Game or Breakfast Radio on Mix FM. It's oh. Lima. How's that? <laughs> Long time listener, first time guest. You are, you oh. are. You were telling me you were listening to the show at the gym, which I, I find a weird place to listen to the show. <laughs> I was pumping iron. And I was getting inspired by your chat. You were talking to uh, Tom Ballard uh-huh. about something gay that he went to. That doesn't sound like Ballard. Uh, and I was I was pumping iron, and you were you were pushing me to the next level, <laughs> I, inspiring I, you to to get to a state where you won't end up as losers like us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I must improve myself. <laughs> I got to admit, this is um, the, you're a you're a long time radio broadcaster. This is the most kind of professional. Even as I'm saying this to you, you you're fiddling with the volume on your headphones because it's not high enough. I'm really I'm really feeling the pressure. To be honest, <laughs> seriously, don't feel any pressure. There's no great people say you've been doing radio for years you know that you know you must be uh some sort of talented storyteller or fucking something and it's not that at all it's just uh that there's been no one better to do the job while I've been doing it. and as soon as someone better's come along i've been fired and that was hg and roy and nod to them did they listen to the podcast oh we don't know uh, that's a good way of roy and hg or hg and roy yeah we're having this debate it's roy and hg it is roy and hg yeah are you sure H- hg and roy no, I'm, I'm sure. I'm certain. Yeah, right. yeah no, it yeah. doesn't sound right. Yeah. I don't know if they listen. I mean, that's what I found out is a good way of finding out if people listen. If we just name drop them and then if you never hear anything from them about it, it's pretty certain that they don't listen. Like, there's been people who've said to me, oh, yeah, listen all the time, and then I talk about them. And it, oh. I'm like, did you like the new episode? And they're like, yeah, no, nah, it's good. But, <laughs> no mention do, of that you came up? All right. Should we do a test then? Okay. Should we, we mention a bunch of comedians? Let's just... Hey, Oprah. <laughs> 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 and, then, and then see... God, I love that Chris Rock. Yeah, yeah. he's pretty good. Yeah. Hang on, my phone's ringing. Oh, who's uh, that? I think it's Chris Rock. No. <laughs> well, your phone could actually be ringing because your phone's gone off twice over the show uh, now. Yeah, but I'm sure Limo will uh, teach me something about professionalism. Are you on silent today? <laughs> I, I actually am. For okay. once in your damn life? Yeah. We're not going to hear the dogs are barking and all the church bells are ringing? No, I'm a good boy today. Something I did want to bring up to you um, that happened over the weekend, the three of us were at um, our friend and friend of the show, friend Danny the McGinley. Show. Yes. Another person who claims to listen all the time, so this will be oh, a yeah. test of whether he is legit in what he claims. Yeah, you dickhead. Yeah. <laughs> That'll be the test. Um, I started playing a game that uh, that you are a big fan of, Carl, a game by the name of Three Bullets. Where a situation that you're in, where you say if you've don't. got three bullets to take out people at this party or whatever it is, who it would be. I don't did... push this under me. It is your favourite game, though. It's true. Don't push it under me. <laughs> I played a variation of that. Um, me, my girlfriend was there, and we, uh, you know, that that classic when there's food going around at something where you've got had like a chicken skewer, and then you left. You left with the uh, skewer, yeah, just absolutely, holding onto it like it's an really, idiot. It's really annoying. Yeah, so we, we mm. both had a skewer, and I was saying, if you had to skewer one person in the eye at this party, <laughs> who would it be? And we were talking about that, and my, I was leaning towards picking someone who I didn't know who was quite old anyway. That's right. who I would have done. And soft. she, That's yeah, so it's, it's a soft, it's a soft <laughs> answer. <laughs> Given that I brought it up, and then I'm just That's completely the, pushed out. That's the gutless way of playing the skewer <laughs> in the eyeball game. Yeah. <laughs> you choose someone youthful and successful in 2020 vision. Uh, <laughs> I'd choose Adam Spencer if he was there. Yeah. <laughs> 
Because I figure, how much worse can it get? Yeah, Just that's... get him right in the placebo. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I could even them up. I... Yeah. <laughs> oh. Well, then this is the thing, because like, everyone was looking around the party, and she didn't know anyone there. So I'm like, this is a weird game for you to be that involved in. And she goes, no, I'm just trying to work out who at this party would look best with an eye patch, which I thought was a good way of playing it. But then we said that we were, we were telling that to Carl five minutes later, and Carl's, and I'd said jokingly to you, I'm like, you'd look quite good with an eye patch. And then you, without any hesitation, went, yeah, I've been thinking about this a lot lately. I reckon I would. And I just kind of let it go. And then I was in the car, and I was like, what does he mean by that? How do you think about that a lot? You know why? You know why? Because I did a gig, and... Uh, yeah, I, I can name those. I did a gig. I did a gig in Bendigo, and I had a good gig. And I drove pa- drove home with Jeff Green. Mm-hmm. And Jeff Green, friend of the show. Yep, he's not. He should be. He probably. He may have. Friend of the show. He's a friend of the show. He's a friend of the show. He's a friend of us. He's a friend of us. I spoke to him. He said he feels close to the show. Right. Good. He's good. a friend of us. I'm gonna have a guess that he's never listened. He's an acquaintance of the show. He's an acquaintance of the show. Listens all the time. Yeah. Right. Does he really? He does. He loves it. No, he doesn't. Stop being smart. He does not. He does. He's even ranked his favourite dum dum. Oh, really? He's <laughs> in his house. He has a whiteboard, and he's ranked. He's played two bullets. <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's ranked his favourite dum dums. <laughs> so anyway, I was driving back with him, and I'd had a good one. And it's one of those things where you're waiting to hear the old, "Gee, you did well tonight. Geez, you're good, aren't you?" And I'm mm. like, "Yep." Yeah. So how'd the gig go tonight? Yeah. And he was like, "You know what you need on stage? You need a cape." <laughs> <laughs> That's going to put me into the upper echelon of stand-up. It'll certainly separate you from the pack. It's a point of difference. Well, it's you know, we'll get those people that weren't listening to me before go, who's that guy that could possibly fly up there? I better listen to him. <laughs> yeah, my dad's a big one for point of difference. Well, anyway, so that led me on to go, I'm like, cape, cape, that's bullshit. As if I'm going to wear it. And then I went, hang on, eye patch, though. Yeah. I think that could... That could work. <laughs> yeah. What about an eye patch and a cape? Because yeah. <laughs> that would sort of point to you being able to fly. <laughs> some sort of not very good at it. <laughs> some sort of super pirate. Yeah. Or you just be... fly, fly in circles. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be great. I'd be into it if you got a fake eye patch and it'd go well with my fake name. Yeah. You know, well. we'd be like. Yeah. Two dickheads. What's <laughs> <laughs> changing? Right there. I One love, bullet. I love that he said Jeff Green it actually, I think, was there that the night this happened. Right. Now, this story goes back 13 years, okay? We're at a comedy club in London called uh, Up the Creek, and we finished the gig, and there was myself, Matthew Hardy, Melbourne comedian. Friend of the show. Friend of the show. He loves it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm his his number one. Him and Jeff Green are good mates, and they do the ranking of the Dum Dum podcast together. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And Jeff Green, we did this gig, and then we went back to the club owner's house. His name was Malcolm Hardy bit of a comedy legend in the UK. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I had one of my best mates with me, Justin Hall, and he was sitting around. Now, Hawley didn't really say anything because there was comedians everywhere. And, you know, comedians are like when they're getting drunk. It's, like, it's a lot of chatter, a lot of jokes, etc. So my mate Hawley was sitting there very quiet through most of the night when all of a sudden, out of nowhere, Malcolm Hardy turns to my mate and goes, Oi, you look like... <laughs> he turns around and he goes, Oi, you look like you should have a hair lip. <laughs> <laughs> which we still bring up to my mate Hawley, which he loves. He's made, said nothing all night. And the only time someone's addressed him was, you look like you should have a hair lip. Was it like you you physically look to me weird without a hair lip? Or did he mean like you your would face would look one. better with a hair lip? <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> this is Malcolm Hardy. This, on this particular night, he was famous for getting his balls out on stage. He had massive balls. <laughs> like genuinely had huge balls. <laughs> Uh, and this particular night on stage, he emceed and he had a poster of Jarvis Cocker 
and he'd poked a hole through the mouth and from behind he'd stuck his cock through Jarvis Cocker's mouth and had just stood on stage with his cock hanging out through Jarvis Cocker's mouth and just said, well, someone had to do it. <laughs> so <laughs> pretty pretty highfalutin, high concept sort of stuff. Oh, yeah. Well, I did my first ever open mic spot at that particular club. He gave me the best introduction I've ever had. You did your first ever gig in London? No, at that particular club. Oh, right, right. Yeah. I hadn't done many gigs before I went to London, but... I was doing an open mic spot on a Sunday night, and they were notoriously tough, and Malcolm used to MC it every week, and he didn't give a fuck about any of the acts. So this is his introduction for me, as he's looking at a bit of paper. Well, this next act, never heard of him. He's probably fucking shit. Let's find out. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. Didn't say my name. Didn't say welcome. Nothing. That'd he's be probably great. fucking shit. Let's find out. That's an awesome stage name. He's probably shit. <laughs> Let's find out. Let's find out. <laughs> And I went up, and it was all right. Actually, this is the same guy. He walked out of the toilets one night at that particular club, and he had cocaine over half of his face. Right? <laughs> and Matthew Hardy, I was saying, Matthew Hardy says to him, he goes, uh, Malcolm, you've got uh, cocaine on your face there. And Malcolm goes, shut up. I've got a fucking reputation to protect. <laughs> <laughs> and then just walked off into the room. Didn't even made no effort to clean it off at all. This guy sounds like a fucking hero. Is he, he is, dead? He, uh, he is. He is. He, right. He, he, a true story. He was a, he drowned in the Thames. He used to live on the Thames and fell off his boat into the Thames. <laughs> true story. It's a really sad story. It happened a few years ago. But he's written a book. If you want to find out more. Called Since on- then. So, yeah, well, yeah, since then. <laughs> he's written, he, he did it with John Edwards. It was a collaboration. <laughs> he's written a book called I Stole Freddie Mercury's Birthday Cake. Right. Which is a hilarious book, but that is one particular story where he was performing at Freddie Mercury's birthday, and him and the troupe, they used to do this thing, you might remember them from Hey Hey, him and two other guys would nude up and hold balloons in front of each other's private parts and to music, they'd shift oh, yeah, I remember that. the balloons. Well, Malcolm yeah. Hardy was one of those guys. Oh, right. So they'd move the balloons so you could never see their cocks or anything. Yeah, yeah. And it was this really funny routine. And that was the routine they were set to perform at Freddie Mercury's birthday party. And while they were backstage, they flogged his birthday cake. Wow. <laughs> yeah, but it's great. There's loads of great stories. He drove... He stole a front-hand loader and drove it into a magician's act at the Edinburgh Fringe one year. It was in a tent. He didn't like the guy, so he just drove a fucking front-hand <laughs> while, loader. It was, while the show was while on? While the show was on, yeah. Oh, yeah. wow. That would have looked to the audience like the most amazing magic trick of all time, surely. <laughs> <laughs> I would now, yeah, forget Siegfried and Roy. Yeah. making tractors appear. <laughs> Pull a tractor out of this wall. Yeah. <laughs> so he's, uh, yeah, absolute legend. But that's a great book if you want to wow. you know, learn a bit more about it. I stole Freddie Mercury's birthday cake. Yeah. Why are we plugging it? <laughs> <laughs> it's only going to his widow anyway. Yeah. Well, speaking of um, Freddie Mercury, I was driving past uh, Crown Casino the other day and they've got like a Freddie Mercury tribute show, one right. of those tribute acts coming up. And um, I was with my girlfriend and it reminded me of uh, my friend telling me this guy that she knows is this gay guy yeah. who's got red hair and he was telling this group of people about how he has AIDS and he brings up how he got AIDS and he goes, Funny story about how I got AIDS. Freddie Mercury came down to Sydney, and let's just say he has a thing for redheads, which is such a weird way to like boast about having. So his boast. Who was he telling the story to? Just a friend of mine. Um, right. I've been Sydney. So his boast is that he got AIDS from Freddie Mercury. So as so we drive past, and we see the, like the prefix. 
funny little story about funny the way I'm story. terminally that's, ill. That's, that's <laughs> from, according to her, that's the direct quote of like how he – and I love being a bit that's, cryptic about it too, like using the art of, you know, not just going, I fucked Freddie Mercury and I got AIDS, <laughs> going, let's just say he has a thing for redheads. So oh, That's like it's such a weird – you're right, it's a weird thing to brag about. It's like getting shot by 50 Cent when yeah. I get there, they're going, let's just say 50 Cent has a little thing for the gun. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But there's no other – way that story could have worked so why even you like i got a std from a guy with aids let's just say how i got it was no i'll stop you there we know <laughs> yeah, yeah. We fucked you yeah 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 exactly so anyway so this this uh, we drove past crown and there's the ad for this freddie mercury uh, tribute show and it reminded me of it so i yeah. told my girlfriend that story and she goes oh does freddie mercury have aids I'm like, well, he he did until he died of it. And she goes, oh, is he dead? I'm like, yes, very much so. And she goes, oh, wasn't didn't he get done for like touching kids or whatever? And I'm like, oh, not that I'm aware of. And she goes, oh, no, I'm thinking of someone else. Who's that? Um, these are exact words. She goes, oh, um, uh, what's it? Stardust, um, sunshine. Um, and I'm like, what? Gary Glitter. And she goes. Yeah, Gary Glitter. I'm like, I don't know how you would confuse the two of them, but it did make me laugh when she said sunshine. I thought she was going to go, what, you've confused Freddie Mercury with Sunshine Johnson. Friend of the show. Friend of the show from Maryborough. It's nice. I think gay people like that... uh uh, straight people sometimes make the connection between pedophiles and gay people. <laughs> I think that's one of their favourite things. Yeah. I, I just love that connection. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can you make us as fucking dodgy as possible? I actually didn't remember, couldn't remember what Gary Glitter looked like, so I Google imaged him after that, and he he doesn't look how I expected him to look. Yeah, well, he changed a lot over the years. He had a few different looks. Really? Yeah. Because kids in Thailand have got good memories, so you've really, <laughs> really, really got to change your look to, uh, to fit in there. Anyone yeah. got any more AIDS gear? Um, <laughs> AIDS gear. Well, you know, a friend of mine's off to South Africa later this year, and uh, I said to him... They love it over there. Wear a fucking condom, man, yeah. because... Can we swear on this podcast? Yeah, yeah, sure. yeah. Are you one of those people claiming to listen but who doesn't actually listen? <laughs> I'm sure people have sworn. In fact, I'm sure someone said cunt on yeah, a recent yeah, podcast. Yeah. If I not, think that was this week. If not, <laughs> was that just then? Yeah, that was just that then. Was this the debut, the debut uh, C bomb. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Uh, Look, Bridget might be into that in the mornings, but <laughs> we want to keep that down a bit. <laughs> Officially breaking my contract too, I believe. Oh, really? Really? Worth it, though. Well, I'm sure if they asked, they wouldn't mind. Speaking of gay events, because Tom was Because we weren't with the AIDS and everything. (laughs) And Freddie Mercury. Yeah. Well, that's that's a gay thing, isn't it? Yeah. Freddie Mercury. Yeah, the the AIDS thing. Do straight people get it? (laughs) Well, yeah. Oh, they do? Yeah. Stop it. Yeah, shut up. Since when? Are you trying to get fired from your contract? (laughs) We'll send them the tape if you want. (laughs) Please. Send it to Joy FM. <laughs> Jesus. I get on the glitter. Where's the, where's the dump button in here? <laughs> the dump dump. <laughs> I'll be a phone topic on glitter and tonic next week on Joy FM. Hashtag limo homophobe. I'm getting on Twitter right now. <laughs> I was at, just to establish my gay credentials. <laughs> I, I went to Midsummer yesterday, oh, the gay right. lesbian festival at uh, Birong Bar. Yep. And uh, there were a lot of gay people there. At a gay festival. As, as, it, as it turns out. <laughs> but what I loved is that Ted Bailey was meant to open it. Right. Uh, but he didn't turn up. He said the mental health minister. 
open it up because <laughs> he was doing flood stuff. Right. Yeah. yeah. So wow. He, so he sent another minister. But it's okay. Ruby Rose was there as well. Oh, great. Oh, right. Yeah, just yeah. to bounce Is she gay? Ruby Rose. Yeah. <laughs> oh, fingers are we just going hey? to play this game all episode, just name yeah. people. Is he gay? Yeah. Um, yeah, what, Ruby- so what, what, um, what, what happens? Is that like music and stuff? Is that... There was music. Uh, there was some kind of drag queens on stages introducing some acts. Oh, yeah. How'd you go? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, you know my favourite drag... Drag queen, no, drag queen's not the right word. Like, uh, tranny, my favourite tranny mm-hmm. is the dude who just chucks on a dress and makes no effort. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, doesn't do the hairs, like a three day growth, yep. no waxing or shaving anywhere. It's just a dude in a dress. It's like he's just I remembered on the way in there. He's like, fuck, that's what I meant to do. And he's just had to go into Supra and just buy something on the way. <laughs> Even the boys on the footy show go to more trouble than that. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so Limo, um, you've just recently gotten back from overseas. I have indeed. Yep. Yes. You took a trip to, uh, I believe it was Las Vegas. Las Vegas, yeah. I was there with a friend of the show, Justin Hamilton. Previous oh. guest, who was just about to leave when we had him in here. Yeah, that's right. Yep. And a uh, friend of the show, Will Anderson. Yep. Who, uh, again, another big dum dum fan. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> he is. He listens. He was, was he actually seeing the Cirque du Soleil dum dum in LA? In uh, Vegas, I mean, <laughs> this time? No, he saw the Blue Man group dum dum. <laughs> in LA. And also, human, human nature do a dum dum show. Oh, doing show the covers. In LA. The yeah, covers yeah. show. They hey, have... man. <laughs> human nature have a Motown experience show <laughs> and they have a dum dum podcast show. <laughs> so. Look out for that in Vegas. Will, though, does listen. Does I can, really? I can tell you that Will does listen to the podcast. And I will say this. Uh, Is he aware it, that we're not as good as his show? <laughs> yes. He's, he's very aware of that. <laughs> <laughs> he was aware of that before he listened to it, though, to be fair. He is very aware of that. I, w- I will say this, and it feels slightly odd saying it, knowing that we'll, we'll listen to this. He... His ability to take in information is freakish. Mm. If you've never witnessed it, this is what Will Anderson can do at the same time, and I'm not making any of this up, right? He'll have his laptop out, and he will have a television show on the laptop, Mm. right, that he'll be watching. He'll have a podcast with an earphone in one ear, right? He'll have a newspaper out to the side that he could be reading, and he'll be writing on the laptop. Writing jokes. Wow. Jesus. He can he, – he, it's unbelievable. He consumes more information. That's, that's how little media. he was interested in listening to the dum-dum. <laughs> <laughs> so, hang on. I've brought up that you're in Vegas with Will and Justin and, and also Tom Gleeson. He was yeah, there. Yes. And so far, the only thing that you've told me about being in Vegas is that Will was listening to the little dum-dum club. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Jeez, so while, he was, while he was playing roulette and getting, and getting a lap dance. <laughs> He's a brilliant multitask. And seeing Wayne Newton. That <laughs> character. Top, it was. Uh, <laughs> Did you actually go and see Carrot Top? No. Oh. Was, was there any like shit kind of washed up old stuff over there? Uh, oh, amazing Jonathan. You know, I don't want to spend the show. Amazing Jonathan's there. Yep. He's, on, he's on a permanent loop. That's, when I was there, I was there last year, and it was like the best of. Hey, hey, before it came back, because there was Amazing Jonathan, there was Rita yeah. Rudner. Right. Oh, yeah, wow. yeah. There was John Black. No, there wasn't him. Dicky Knee's doing a run. <laughs> the Music <laughs> Men. They should have had a show over there. D- Dicky Knee's working with Siegfried and Roy. <laughs> <laughs> they, they poke the tigers with Dicky <laughs> Knee. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I went to Vegas with Will Anderson mm-hmm. and Justin Hamilton, and we met Tom Gleeson. He flew in on New Year's Day. Yep. Um, so... 
we hired a car in LA and we drove. And it took, and we thought we'd drive because, you know, that romantic notion of driving from LA to Vegas. Doing the road trip. How long is the drive? Well, four hours, allegedly. Right. If there's no traffic. So it's like right. Albury to Melbourne. <laughs> okay. Right? Yeah, Pretty much. Right. About four hours. We, it took us seven hours to get there because mm-hmm. there's quite a lot of traffic coming into New Year's. Is this like New Year's Eve or something? Uh, no, it was the 30th. Oh, right, yeah. Yeah, it was still pretty busy though. Yeah. Anyway, we just crossed the border into Nevada, so we're not, that's not far from Vegas, and police sirens behind us. We think, all oh, right, this is not good. So we pull over and we're shitting ourselves, you know, what's, what's happened? Cop comes up. And we're checking the car for everything. We're throwing fucking drugs and hookers out the windows. <laughs> we don't know what's going to happen. Cobb comes up and Will's driving at the time. He goes, yeah, what's up, officer? But really banging on the Aussie accent because we think... They love it. We're yeah. going to get some sympathy yeah. somewhere. Yeah. So here you go, officer. <laughs> what are we done, mate? And he goes, oh, your car's not registered. And we're like, oh, it's a hire car. You know, so we show him all the details. And this is his reaction. He goes, oh, those, those high car people are hopeless. Anyway, have a good trip. That was it. So, so we drive off in an unregistered car. Wow. <laughs> no penalty, nothing. Just have a good trip. See you later. He's, like, to be awesome. he's like, oh, we can't, we can't book Uzi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So anyway, we're, uh, so we get pulled out by the cops. They let us go. We get into Vegas and, um, and then the first night we did, oh, we, Walk downstairs, and Justin and I are like, how long do you reckon it'll take before Will gets noticed? Yeah. In Vegas, right? So, uh, I don't know, maybe, you know, hopefully, you know, we get free run tonight and whatever. We get downstairs. We started playing to Hollywood. We get downstairs. We walk into the bar, or this one bar area. I go to order a drink. Before I've ordered the drink, five young blokes, five of them. Yeah. Hey, Will! Will, can we get a photo? <laughs> Will! <laughs> so these five young blokes gather around, and they're all getting photos taken with Will. So didn't even order a drink before Will got noticed. Five blokes too. Yeah, could have been five chicks. Yeah, no, five blokes. Nah. <laughs> yeah. So that was so we had the first night, and that was kind of fun. But the second night was the big night. This is where we were going to the New Year's Eve party, P Diddy's New Year's Eve party at LAX, huge nightclub in Vegas. We turn up, but we've got like a private booth. Mm-hmm. Right, so we get there, New Year's Eve, it's about 8.30 or something, huge line, okay, to get in. We walk to the front, we find our man there, our contact. He goes, right, well, I've got your private booth, but there are eight seats in the booth and there's only three of you. He goes, why don't you go and find five other people? And we're like, ah, whatever. He goes, seriously, if you find five people, it's free for them to get in, why don't you just go and get five girls? He goes, seriously, walk into the casino and find the five hottest girls you can. I love that you guys are kind of, you guys are still holding out, I don't know. Go, <laughs> yeah. go and get some women right now. So, yeah. The dorkiest version of Entourage, <laughs> the worst episode ever. No, this guy's instructing us to get chicks, like he was really bad for us. And we're like, no, no. I mean, we were all picturing, we were imagining ourselves at midnight, just myself, Justin and Will, standing around in a little circle, just the three of us, kind of holding out our hands and shaking hands and going, oh, yeah, happy New Year's, dude. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, happy, happy New Year's, man. Uh, so anyway, we go, oh, no, we can't be bothered, you know, because we're not neat. Justin, Will and myself, none of us are really, you know, you've got those sort of chick-chasing smooth mates. None yeah. of us are really that guy, right? Yeah. So we kind of, oh, no, we can't be bothered, right? So we go into the club, they show us into our area and we sit down we have two waitresses, two of the hottest girls I've ever seen in my life, who are wearing like these burlesque kind of corsets, kind of Moulin Rouge type corsets. Yeah, yeah. And they are smoking hot and they're super cool and they love us. 
because, you know, we're in the VIP thing, so they're being really friendly. They'll learn our names. They're asking us questions about where we're from so they can keep referencing shit through the night. Yeah. You know, they're like profess- proper professionals. Do you know Husey? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we had Carl Barron here last week. <laughs> he was really cool. And wow, what a generous tipper. <laughs> You'll notice whenever in situations like that, people love an opportunity to mention how generous someone else has been yeah. with that oh, tipping. Right. Just to put some pressure on your yep. fucking tip at the end of the night. So we're sitting there. And they're getting his drinks and stuff, and it's all cool. The rest of the nightclub is packed. Like, people can't move. Like, it's jammed. And we're in this VIP area with this big couch and heaps of room to move. So we're, like, hanging out going, yeah, this is great. Just at the three of us and our two hot waitresses, you know. <laughs> that's it. Anyway, this dude in charge of the area, this big black guy called Terrence, comes over. And he goes, all right, guys, lean in. Well, I so what was his He's got a hand on Will's shoulder, a hand on my shoulder. Justin's in the middle. The three of us lean in. He goes, all right, boys. Now I'm not going to Tiger Woods this shit or nothing, but I'm going to get you some girls, all right? <laughs> we're like, we're like, sweet dude. Yeah. What would Tiger Woodsing that situation involve? That that would involve, I imagine, getting a lot of girls. Okay, right. yeah, or maybe some hookers. I don't know, right? But. He goes, I'm not going to Tiger Woods this shit or nothing. We weren't exactly sure either yeah. what that meant, yeah. to be like, honest to me, with you. To me, we just think, is he going to fuck all three of us? What's, yeah. what, <laughs> what would that have meant five years ago, that phrase? <laughs> I'm not going to smash up some girls in the head really hard <laughs> with golf clubs. <laughs> uh, so he – and he goes, now I'm going to bring him over. If you like him, great. If you don't like him, here's the signal. And he shows us – and it's where you kind of – Brush your hand across the right hand side of your head, like you're kind of pushing your hair back. The goes, way now, the way you're doing that to me now just ma- looks like something that you could very easily just do by accident normally. Do I, you guess, know what I mean, I guess you could, yeah. But that, that was that was kind of the signal yeah. to him. And he goes, "If you do that, I'll come over. I'll get rid of the girls, and I'll get you some more girls." And we're like, and all of a sudden, there's like this penny dropped, and we're like, "This is how." People live like this. Yeah. This is how, like, rock stars You're a P. Diddy's party. This is how some people live. This is what they do. Right? So he goes off and he brings in these two uh, really hot, cool young girls who are, like, I think they're, like, 22 and 25 or something. Brings them in and um, Will and Justin start chatting to, you know, sort of one of the girls each. And I'm kind of standing there by myself a bit talking to the waitresses. And this goes – this is about five minutes go by. And he comes over – and he says, I'm really sorry, man. I'm really sorry. I'm going to go get you some girls. I'll be back in a sec. Okay, like it felt really bad that I was going to sit on my own without any girls. <laughs> oh, right. So I go, yeah, cool. So he walks up and he comes back with two girls, introduces, you know, me to the girls. Uh, so I'm there with this primary school teacher from North Carolina, so a vet from Long Beach, uh, and we're just chatting away. And they were like really cool kind of sexy chicks. And well, there we are just hanging out. And for him, I guess it's an easy sell for him. Because he knows he's going to get a tip mm. for providing the service. Yeah. And for the girls, they're in a packed nightclub where they've got a lineup for drinks and everything. And he just comes and he says, do you want to stand over there where there's heaps of room and drink for free all night and talk to those guys? Yeah, yeah right. And I guess the girls look at us and go, hmm, but the drinks are free. So, yeah. yeah all right. <laughs> we'll, go, we'll go over there. So they come over. So there's these four girls hanging out with us. Uh, who are all really cool and really fun. Sweet odds, bro. Yeah, <laughs> sweet well, odds. Fast, fast forward, here's, here's the hilarious uh, end to the night, which is just, just fits beautifully with myself, Justin and Will, right, is the girl, one of the American girls, the primary school teacher from North Carolina, gets sick 
at the VIP couch thing. Like, literally, vomit, right? Because Justin had been buying tequila shots because she's the fire things up, right? Yeah. <laughs> they didn't agree with that. So she's a vomit. So her friend says, sorry, I'm going to have to go because she's clearly she's not well. And, uh, yep, and we're like, yep, no worries, it's cool. So she leaves. The other two girls picked up two dudes in a booth behind us. <laughs> right, yeah. So who were kind of horning in on the – they kind of, I don't know, made eye contact with the girl or whatever. To be honest, we didn't really care, but it was just funny. So well, Will's didn't notice because he was watching an episode of Buffy, <laughs> listening to Hamish and Andy, doing his taxes, getting a pedicure. <laughs> and reading a book. Yeah. <laughs> so these girls kind of nick off to the booth behind us. So then it's like – and it was still early. It was like one thirty in the morning. And we're like, just three of us going, well, it's been a pretty good night. Should we, uh, should we go? Yeah, sure. So then we fix up our bill and then the three of us just leave and walk out. you got to know when to fold them. One, one, <laughs> and the walk home took about half an hour and I was in the best mood I think I've ever been in in my life. You know that kind of mood where you're just bulletproof? So yeah. I was saying hello to everyone. Yeah. I'm high-fiving cops. <laughs> this sounds not a, not a Lawrence Mooney five minutes away from shitting your pants in an alleyway kind of mood. <laughs> no, no. This, I'm in a super good mood. I'm high-fiving cops and yelling out, I'm making friends with the constabulary. <laughs> and Will claims I yelled that out about ten times. <laughs> but So we get back to our hotel room and uh, and that was about that. For the night, or Justin and I stayed up for a while drinking, and um, anyway, Gleason rocked up the next day. Yeah. And uh, we're kind of hanging out, and I'd previously said to Justin about Vegas, which a mate of mine had previously said to me, if a word of warning for Vegas, if it's too easy, they're hookers. It's good advice. Oh. It's good advice. I think that's good advice pretty much anywhere. Good advice for life. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so Justin and Tom go out on the last night, New Year's Day night. Uh-huh. And uh, they, Justin said they got down to the bottom of the lift, they walked out of the lift, and Justin said the two most beautiful women in the world have just walked straight towards him <laughs> and Gleason. And they're like, wow, check this out. They must be looking sharp tonight. <laughs> and the girls walk up and go, hey, you guys look like fun. Uh, you know, want to hang out. And they're like, uh, yeah, sure. Um, and they go, cool. Why don't we go up to your hotel room? Oh. And Justin's like, uh Actually, you know what? Our um, our partners are up there. We can't. Uh, we can't. <laughs> me and me and Will. <laughs> uh, we can't do that. So, uh, so they go. So this one girl goes. Oh, that's cool. We can just go up to the bathroom or something. And then Justin <laughs> said in his head, he's gone. Ah, if it's too easy, they're hookers. Yeah. <laughs> they are hookers. <laughs> uh, at which point they sort of farewelled them and walked off into this bar. And then it, Justin said it was hilarious. Gleason had had a few drinks. And he said two more times later that night, girls have kind of said hello to Gleason sort of <laughs> just sort of randomly across the night. And Justin said Gleason just a little bit too loudly both times turned to Justin and said, I think they're a hooker. <laughs> <laughs> I like that, like the idea that you'd carry on that rule of it, if it's too easy, they're probably hookers like everywhere. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, you go to buy something in the yeah. supermarket and they're like, oh, that's actually been dis- – that's on sale. That's yeah. like $15. You'd be like, oh, get away from me, yeah. you hooker. It's too yeah. easy. Take your filthy box <laughs> out of my aisle. <laughs> so we left um, – so the next day we left Vegas to drive back to LA. So there's the four of us in the car. And how's – just sad suckers for just a, any ounce of romance. We hired a Lincoln Escalade. Because that's the car that Snoop and Chris drive oh, in, um, right. and Marlo in The Wire. Yep. Right? So we wanted to gangster it up, you know. So 
We're in the car. <laughs> we're driving back. Now, the drive, they say, takes four hours, as I said. Took us seven hours to get there. The drive back, we left at 11 a.m., arrived in L.A. at 11 p.m. Cool. 12 motherfucking hours. A, the traffic was bad, but B, it snowed, right? And they reckon some of the worst weather they've ever had on that road. So it snowed. So you've got... So is that snow in the desert? Is that the desert? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. right. Snow in the desert. So there's Gleason, Hamilton, Anderson, myself in this car for 12 hours. And you tell people that and they go, oh, man, that must have been hilarious. <laughs> uh, fool. The gala. To, would have loved to have been a fly on the wall there. Like, that would have been a bloody laugh a minute. No, no, we realised. Because you're we, all hungover and... We realised after about two hours we fucking hate each other. <laughs> and you're in, a, you're in a soft top in the snow, which... Uh... No, hard top. Oh, hard top. Hard top. Right. Wait, but this is what happened. So... You start off just chatting away, what you know, whatever, and then you get to a point where you start playing car games. All right, now it starts with Justin coming up with these sort of really high concept uh, games like three bullets. Yeah, you know what it, it was. What he did is he. This was Justin's game. You've got to kill three people that you like, oh. and you have to say why, oh. which is hard because you like them. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So you can't just come up with someone that everyone else knows that you don't like. They've got to be people that you like. But why? So why do you want to kill someone you like? This is what makes the game difficult. Right. Okay. Right. Give me. You don't have to say it. But give me a. Give me a. I'll give. I'll give an example. Give of me one a, I did. Ex- I'll, okay. Yeah. And I'll, t- I'll tell you the name. I said uh, Ben Cousins. Okay. And the reason being is I said I was worried that he might fall back into some sort of drug thing and muddy his legacy. But if he died now, he'd be a legend. James ah, Dean him. okay. Right. James, kind of James Dean him, yeah. yeah right. So they mean like, like so that as was, in... That was probably the most sort of altruistic answer right. of all of them, though, yeah. I've got right. to say. <laughs> you know, but there were others like, you know, it might be a comedian. And, the most oh, I like him, but he's kind of in the way. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's blocking someone else's progress. Yeah. So anyway, that's where it starts with this sort of game. And it was funny, of the four of us, and I won't say who, some were able to come up with the three very <laughs> I reckon I can guess. And others amongst us took a little longer to come up with their three. Some of you were Carl Chandler's and some of you were Tommy Dasselow's. <laughs> yeah, right. So, so it's Did we get any bullets? Can we ask? <laughs> no, you that off the radar. We can't even get killed in this town. <laughs> the little dum-dum show is safe. <laughs> the little dum-dum show lives on. So it started there, and then it was, you know, kind of evolved into games like if you could be the best athlete in the world at a sport for three years, a sport for two years, and a sport for one year, what would the three sports be and for how many years and what are the reasons? Anyway, this, over the course of about six hours, descended into me suggesting this game. (laughs) Let's replace words in a movie title with the word cunt. (laughs) (laughs) And we played that for about half an hour, and boy, did we laugh. Um... Anyway, I uh, I stole a car once, and um, <laughs> this is what happens. This is years ago, and I have told this story on stage during a particular Fringe show, uh, and that's the only time I've ever told it on stage, and, within the context of that show. And had you stolen all the other material in the show? <laughs> yeah, yeah, the whole, the whole lot. It was a stolen <laughs> show about theft. Yeah, it's, they stole it from Marty Fields, though, so yeah. it's only handling stolen goods. It's yeah. not actually stealing it, yeah. Um, so I'm going to bring the story out again uh, for you guys. Probably not Mix FM friendly. Mm-hmm. Car theft. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, a lot of police 
yeah. advertise on Mix yeah, FM. Yeah, so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. so not a good example for the kiddies. But what happened years ago in Adelaide, I lived in a share house with some mates, with four of us in the house. And one uh, Saturday afternoon, I was getting home with a friend in, uh, who lived in the house as well. And we checked the letterbox for some reason. I don't remember why we'd check it on a Saturday, but we did. And there's a set of keys in there. We thought, oh, it's interesting. All right. So we take the keys out and we walk into the house and we hold the keys up and everyone was there. Flatmates were there and there were other people there as well. We had these keys belong to anyone and everyone's looked and gone, no, no, no. All right. So we take them back and put them back in the letterbox. Anyway, we go out that night. We have a couple of drinks and um, we get home. It's about two in the morning, three in the morning, something like that. It's me and the same guy who I got home with that afternoon. And we walk in the front door and we get – walk in the front gate. We get to the front door and – I pull the keys out of my pocket to go in the house, and I turn to my mate, and I go, hey, do that car key still in the letterbox? This is about, I'm going to point out, it's nearly 20 years ago. <laughs> so it is nearly 20 years ago. So, and he goes, well, let's have a look. So we go in and open up the letterbox, and the car key is still there. So we pull the key out, and we're looking at the key. You know, you can kind of tell from the key what kind of car it is. Right. So we're looking at the key, and I look across the road, and I go, Mitsubishi Colt. <laughs> And we walk over, and sure enough, it fucking opens it, right? So I say to my mate, jump in. So I get in the driver's seat, he gets in the passenger seat, and away we go. <laughs> Around North Adelaide, right? And uh, it's the suburb where we live. Is that illegal in Adelaide to do that? <laughs> <laughs> to drive around North Adelaide. <laughs> so... We, we're flying around, we're, you know, buzzing around to the whole, you know, we do laps of the suburb and all this kind of stuff. It's great. Anyway, at the end, at the top of North Adelaide, there are three cricket ovals, big cricket ovals right next to each other. And these all sort of run along the final uh, street of the suburb, okay? So we go up onto this street, we go over the curb and onto this area where there are three ovals, right? Uh, and we just, we do a heap of donuts on one of the ovals. And we leave... <laughs> And we leave the car in the middle of a cricket pitch with all four doors open, lights on, engine running, and we just walk off. Right? <laughs> and we walk home. And we're high-fiving each other, going, how hilarious was that? I've got a car. Right? And we walk home. Anyway, we get home and we get each go to bed. I'm woken up the next morning by another flatmate in the hallway of the house, this big old house in North Adelaide. He's in the hallway on the phone, screaming, it's fucking weird with the fucking keys in it. And I'm like, I'm woken up and I'm like, oh, fuck. Right, I'm thinking, what am I going to do? And this particular flatmate was a bit unhinged, right? So I was a little concerned. So I get out of bed and I walk out. Uh, his nickname is Forky. And I walk out, I go, hey, Forky. His surname is Faulkner, so Forky. Oh. Forky. Forky. So I walk out, I'm like, there I go. Fucking more like no key. Am I right? <laughs> hey. hey right <laughs> so I go, Forky, man. I go, what's, uh, what's up? Anyway, he is a mechanic. And his mum had dropped her car out the front <gasps> to service <laughs> the next week. <laughs> All right. So I say, what's up? And he tells me that. And I'm like, and he goes, ah, someone's fake. And I said, I'm there going, ah, you bloody kidding. Ah, see, it fucking, it's probably fucking kids or something, you know. It's probably the postie. And, and I even say, I even say, you know what, because the key, was that the key? The key, the key. They probably checked the letterbox. 
And then, and this know, is back before you'd made friends with the constabulary, so you must have been extra scared. Exactly. So I'm doing all this, and he's fucking spewing, right? Then he leaves to go and sort out whatever's going on with the car. So I go into my other mate's room, Mick, who was with me, and I say, mate, and I tell Mick, and he's like, oh, fuck, what are we going to do? So we made an agreement. We said if there's more than $50 damage to the car, this is back when $50 was a lot of money, Said if fifty dollars, there's more than fifty dollars damage. We'll tell him. If there's less than fifty bucks, we won't, because we knew he was a loose unit and it was would not have ended well. <laughs> so anyway, so he comes back to the house afterwards, and we go. So there, Mick and I are there, and we go. So, um, any any clues on um, who might have done it? What's and, the score in the cricket? Maybe or he says he says yeah, the cops have caught him, and we're like, ah, uh, cool man, that's great. Who um who uh. Flogged the car. What had happened is we've left the car on the cricket pitch, right? Doors open, lights on, everything else. These fucking street kids have seen it after we've left. And they're obviously attracted by a car and a cricket pitch with the lights (laughs) on. They've walked over and they're hanging around the car. Cops see it. Come in and go. What are you doing? And they say, "Oh, no, we just found it here." Like this, and the cops like, "Yeah, yeah. right, boy, sure," <laughs> and fucking arrest them. Oh. <laughs> so we're like, uh, "Okay." So he thought it was them. Anyway, that happened in 1993. I told that. Hang story. on, there's no bit where you own up to it or anything. They just took the rap. They just got that, the death yeah, penalty. No, that was it. We left it right. <laughs> right. <laughs> he takes his car into the service. The, the minimal damage, right? So we don't say anything. I put that story in a show at the Adelaide Fringe in 2007, Mm -hmm. (laughs) wrapped up, right? Still hadn't told him. We bring him to the show, right, and sit him in the crowd, and I make sure we get him in a spot where a spotlight can can shine (laughs) up. We've tested the spot before. We know exactly. He's got no idea because these mates might come to the show every year. So they sit him in a seat, and I tell that story, and then we put the spotlight on him, and he's like, you fucking arsehole. (laughs) Yeah, so we waited 14 years to share it with him, and we shared it with him in a packed room at the Rhino Room in Adelaide. (laughs) Where it might have been safe. <laughs> Meanwhile, those street kids got the lethal injection. Yeah, yeah a exactly. happy end for everyone. <laughs> well, they're, we, they're in a barrel somewhere. We figured. <laughs> we figured they're under eighteen. What's the worst thing that can happen? Yeah. Just another bit of the rap sheet. That's all right. They probably, probably they probably killed someone earlier that night. Exactly. <laughs> least of their worries. Uh, Just a little bit of karma. Clearly, they've done something wrong. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> if you're going to steal a car, make sure it belongs to a friend's mum. <laughs> that's all I'm going to say. That's that. So there's two rules that come out of the podcast. That one. And uh, if it's too easy, prostitute. It's a hooker. Yeah. It's too yeah, that car was too easy to steal. It must have been a prostitute. Yeah. It must have been a hooker. Yeah. Exactly. Well, guys, that brings us to the end of the hour for another week. Yeah. Thank you so much to Limo uh, for joining us. Yeah. Thanks for coming in. I hope you've had fun. Absolute pleasure, guys. I've had a ball. Yeah. Well, uh, we'll be back next week with more antics. G'day to everyone who's listening or who claims to listen. Uh, get on iTunes, leave a review, give us some star ratings, and we'll see you next time. See you, mate. Don't you remember, you was my lover, you was my friend